welcome to Let's Talk Church. I'm Brian. And I'm Matt. We're here to talk about all that is going on in the church world. In this podcast, we find blog posts, articles, and vicious rumors about the church world, and we talk about it. All right, Matt, let's do it. Let's talk church. Well, good evening, Brian. How are you doing today? Man, I'm excited to be here. Excited to be here. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we uh, come back to do another episode. Uh, handy part of this podcast is our intro just played, so we got that down on this one. Right. Uh, so I'd like to yeah, have so that We just that jump right into it. Exactly. We can jump right into it. So, today we are going to talk... We're, we're kind of going... We're not going backwards, but you know, we said uh, last podcast that we weren't going to do articles anymore. But then we came across this article that I really liked and I sent to you, and we decided it was a good subject. So we're not really covering the article, but we are going to cover the subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to go over what the subject's going to be? Yeah, so, th- well, let, well, I think if we just give the name of the article, right, the headline, right, the... Uh, you know, we, we've talked about Christianity Today and several of the other groups in the past being more clickbaity. This is one of those kind of headlines that they're saying one thing, but then in the article going through and be like, well, that's not really what we're saying. Uh, but the, the headline is, go ahead, pray for Putin's demise. I don't know. Uh, I definitely see the clickbaity and they're, they're known for that. <laughs> right. But... I think they are kind of saying that uh, by the time they get to the article, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So let's lay a little bit of groundwork real quick. So, you know, I'm hoping that people will go back and listen to past episodes and things like this in this podcast one day. So let's lay a little groundwork for what's happening right now. Putin, we're talking about Vladimir Putin, who is currently the, is he the premier of Russia? I think he was president past, and now he's premier. Or... <laughs> Something like that. I don't... I know in the past, he... he <laughs> termed out of his position and right. he got a new position and moved all the powers to the new position. He is basically the leader of Russia. Russia right. is a communist country, sort of. It is no longer the, the Soviet Union. But he is pretty much the supreme leader of Russia at yes. this point. And uh, as, as I'm sure our listeners will know that we've had a long history with um, America, United States versus Russia, and recently that has escalated quite a bit with Russia um, invading the uh, Ukraine, invading mm-hmm. Ukraine, which formerly was part of the Soviet Union and part of their their country. And um, Ukraine's not happy about it. Ukraine is an ally of ours in a few different ways, and we've enacted some economic sanctions. We are not yet at full out on one to one war with Russia. But it's looking more and more like that's a possibility that's, right. that's going to happen. And Russia being a nuclear superpower and us being a nuclear superpower, it's it's honestly a little scary. A lot scary, actually. It could be the destruction of the world, um, of mankind, those sort of things. Well, I'm going really deep with that real quick. Yeah, my goodness. Um, it very well could lead to that. There's talks of World War Three and all this stuff. It's, it's kind of a scary time. You know, we just got through this pandemic, and now we got this thing going on. Um. So people are worried about it, okay? People are worried about what's happening with Vladimir Putin, what's happening in uh, Ukraine, and he's basically just walking into the country and taking over. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and and there's a lot of destruction going on and this article starts off talking about the author watching some videos of children being killed just because and there's really no defense of it there's no well sort of they're just being killed just because right and it's evil and yes. evil's evil and we must call out evil for what it is mm-hmm. uh, don't get me wrong i'm not one to um be a strong nationalist per se I'm not Mr. Super Patriot most of the time. I love my country and love the freedoms that we have. Don't get me wrong. Love our soldiers, da-da-da. But I'm not the one who's just going to blindly follow our, our government. But this appears to be very, um, very bad. And the author had a very emotional response to seeing these children killed and seeing these people hurt. And... Um, says here, says, when I think of it, I'm heartbroken, but I also feel angry. I brush up against something like a maternal sense of rage. An innocent child was violently killed because Russia's leader decided he wanted a neighboring sovereign country as his own. And so that kind of sets the course of where, where we're starting at here, right? There's, there's big things happening. And um, the question is, you know, should we pray for Putin's demise? Right. And that it's that's a hard one, right? Uh, it gets deep into Christian ethics from every angle. Um, why is it hard? Because if the man is killing people. If he if people are dying because of his orders, why is it hard that we would pray against him? Oh, well, see, you said something different there, right? You, you know, you know me. I'm big on semantics and syntax. I right? said it that way to listen to matters from you, right? Because because to pray for his defeat is one thing. To pray for him to die with the full expectation that his evilness sends him to hell is a completely different thing. Agreed. So we yeah, serve that a God who came to save right. people. Exactly. Okay, we serve a God who, who came here no matter what your sin, your earthly sin was, he still died for us. He died for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. And if we're going to sit here and say that we believe in this God and we believe that he died for our sins, we got to believe that he died for all the sins. Whether he died for the sin of me being fat, which I don't consider to be such a big deal, but God does consider it to be a big deal. That's another story. Or the sin of slaughtering children. Jesus died for both of those sins. Right. Doesn't change how I feel that he got to die for slaughtering the children. But Jesus died for both of those things. So, you know, we kind of got to pick a thing. That's where the moral thing becomes hard, right? Absolutely. And and, and yes, I said that a certain way to (laughs) to, uh, elicit that. Because we talked a little bit before about defeat versus demise. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Now... Now, the the article gets into the imprecatory psalms in which David, or the writer, depending on which ones you're looking at, um, is is basically calling for the defeat and the death of, of his enemies, right? So he actually is calling for that, but he's not calling for it in such a way as saying, God, I want you to kill this person, Right? He's praying for it as, God, this person is doing evil, right? Allow their evil to catch up to them, 
and let judgment reign, right? The judgment of God should reign. And if that ends up in the death of someone because that judgment is meted out in such a way, then that's, that's entirely up to God. So one of the Psalms he quotes is Psalm 7, and it's about 17 verses, but I'm going to read it real quick, even though it's a little long. Um, and he doesn't quote the whole thing because they're trying to be succinct in the, in the thing, and I understand that, but I think it's important that we look at the whole Psalm in this. Um, and we'll go back to, I know some people are going to say, well, you're talking about the Old Testament, right? Um, but as, as our listeners know, I'm pretty fundamentalist, and I believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and we need to look at all of it. Um, so Psalm 7 says, Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me to pieces with no one to rescue me. Lord, my God, if I have done this and there is guilt on my hands, if I have repaid my ally with evil or without cause have robbed my foe, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. Arise, Lord, in your anger, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God, decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gather around you when you sit enthroned over them on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord, according to my righteousness, according to my integrity, O Most High. Bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. You, the righteous God who probes minds and hearts. My shield is God Most High who saves the utmost in heart. God is a righteous judge, a God who displays his wrath every day. If he does not relent, he will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He has prepared his deadly weapons. He makes ready his flaming arrows. Whoever is pregnant with evil conceives trouble and gives birth to disillusionment. Disillusionment. Whoever digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit they have made. The trouble they cause recoils on them. Their violence comes down on their own heads. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. So there's a pretty common thread running through that. Mm -hmm. It's God's judgment. And this one is a David psalm, I believe. Mm -hmm. It is. And he's very careful to, to, to point out that it's God's judgment. He mentions the right. Lord being righteous multiple times through there. You know, he starts off talking about God's judgment on him. Mm-hmm. If he's messed up, God's judgment on him. As we know from the story of David, there was some of that that's happened. Right. David was not a perfect man. David was chosen by God, yes. But as we know, God does not, uh, was it God doesn't choose the perfect, he perfects the chosen. And he had to work a lot out of David. Um, that man was messed up. But the, but then he talks about his, his, his enemies, and he wants God's righteousness to flow on them. Right. So it seems okay, based on this part of Scripture, that we could pray for the demise of Putin if it's God's will to do so. Is that what you would take from that? See... Because that's where the author was going with this. That's that's where that's where the author is going with this. But I I don't think 
in any of this that you read that David explicitly called for his enemy's death. Right? He called for judgment on them, right? And that's, you know, that's one thing, right? But to specifically say, strike them dead, I, I don't think that's necessarily the explicit point of David's prayer. He uh, called for striking himself dead. Right. And then in five there, he said, then let my enemy pursue and overtake me. Okay. Let him trample my life to the ground and make me sleep in the dust. That's, that seems like death to me. Yep. For himself, if he is wrong. But never, never does he, does he call for the death of his enemy aside from he opened up a pit and dug it out and he will fall into the hole that he made. Right. He will suffer the consequences of his actions. Well, and often the consequences of our actions are death. Right. I was going to say, you, you, could, you could draw out of that allegory of death in the grave being a pit, but it's not as explicit as when he's calling out for himself. And so right? let's talk about that, the consequences of actions. So we know through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we are forgiven through sin through his sacrifice, right? We know that he died for us, etc., and we are forgiven from our sins. However, we still sometimes have to pay the consequences of that sin. The consequences of sin and death we get we get away with, but there's a earthly consequence, right? Mm-hmm. If you kill somebody, the Lord can forgive you of that. Right. But that doesn't mean the state's not going to give you the electric chair. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Now listen... And that kind of brings it, and I told you I knew this, this subject would bring up the death penalty. The death penalty, I believe, partially because of my political beliefs and partially because of my legal beliefs, or my, my religious beliefs, I'm, I'm, not, I'm against the death penalty. I don't, I don't think the death penalty is a good thing. I think the state shouldn't be killing people because sometimes the state makes mistakes. And to one time killing an innocent person is, is a horrible thing, you know? Um... And, and, and we know the state's made mistakes over and over in that. However, you can say you're against the death penalty all you want. Both of us are fathers. Somebody attacks one of our children. We have no hesitation to, 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 to swiftly bring the consequences of that to somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, it's, I it's a hard thing. It, it really is. Um, and I don't want to be sensationalist and bring up lots of graphical things, but I feel like that it's it's one of those complicated things in life where there's there's some earthly human consequences to things, and this is what's happening here too. Well, there are also spiritual consequences to things, and I heard an old preacher talk one time about the concept of you could be forgiven of sin, but sometimes your sin is so much you're, you have done so much evil that the Lord cannot allow you to be here any longer. And they were referencing this sort of thing. That you've done so much evil that at a certain point, the Lord will put an end to it, right? Um, you might be able to be forgiven of your sin and, and, and be one, you know, be with the Lord later in heaven, but you can no longer be here on earth because you've just done too much. Mm-hmm. And I wonder at what point that is. Which also makes me wonder why... 
doesn't the Lord take out some people like Hitler, right? Dude was in power for many years. Did killed millions of people, literally. And finally he kills himself like a little punk in a bunker somewhere. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, why would the Lord let that go on? But, you know, I'm not the Lord, so I can't make those decisions. And I don't know what all was really happening and what, what, to, what went right. forth, you know? Mm-hmm. I am generally a pacifist, and I am not one who would likely pray for somebody's demise, even Putin. Right. I would pray that the war is over. I would pray that all this finds a peaceful ending. We get past this. But I, it, it seems to hurt my sensibilities to pray evil even upon evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's something that I was talking about the Old Testament. Some people have trouble reconciling the Old Testament in the Bible, and they try to ignore it. They don't like to preach on the Old Testament. They like to say the Old Testament because there are parts of the Old Testament where the Israelites went to a land and were, mm-hmm. were told, go destroy those people, kill them, yep. every one of them. They didn't mm-hmm. say, oh, save the women and children. Right. Oh, just destroy the leaders. They were told to kill everybody. To kill everyone and burn all the loot. Dude, that is really hard to reconcile with the message from the Sermon on the Mount. It is until... Oh, dear. Uh... There is a book that just came out in the fall, I guess, uh, called God is a Man of War. I think I've probably sent it to you uh, by Father Stephen DeYoung, who's co-host with Father Andrew on their other podcast, um, that explains the violence of the Old Testament. It's really, really eye-opening and enlightening. Well, I understand that God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. And we use this thing, God is love and everything. But God is God and God is supreme. And God is the God of everything. And one point that the author makes here is that God is righteous. And righteousness does not always necessarily mean um, happy-go-lucky, da-da-da-da, peaceful. I'm trying to think of the right word. For right. that, you know, a New Testament example that a lot of people would bring up would be, you know, Jesus turned over tables, right? And sometimes people try to use that as justification for their own anger rather than righteousness. We uh, we talked about that in small groups this week about Jesus turning over tables. That came up as we were discussing things, and about well, one, he's Jesus Christ, right? So there's that. We are yeah. to emulate him, but we are not Jesus. So there's that to think about. And there's about anger. Anger itself is not a sin. It's it's the way you do it and the way you handle it and all that stuff, right? And that Jesus was righteous. He had a good reason for what he was doing. And um, rarely do we, especially when we're working off emotion. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I tell you, I try to teach my son about you can you can't always help how you feel. Feelings are going to come, right? But what you can control is how you react to your feelings. And I'll give you an example the other day that I hate to give my son, but I very explicitly gave. He left his backpack in the uh, live in the hallway, and we was having a very not good morning that morning. Chores weren't getting done. He he was not feeling it and didn't have a good attitude, and I didn't have a good attitude. Nobody had a good attitude. And he left his backpack in the middle of the hallway, and I tripped on it. 
Mm. And when I tripped on it, I got mad and kicked it. So, I couldn't help that I tripped on it. I can't help that I was feeling angry. But I could certainly help how I react to it, right? Well, I kicked it, and he has this little Yeti water bottle thing. And whenever I kicked it, I hit my toe on it. And now I'm losing my toenail. Like, it's a long, painful process of losing my toenail because I kicked this stupid water bottle. Now, I could get mad and say it's all his fault because he put it there. No, I tripped over the water bottle. That didn't cause me to do it. It's because I kicked it. It's the way I reacted mm-hmm. to it. Yep. You know? Right. Um, and and that, that goes really well with this, this idea of praying for Putin's death. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's a very emotional time. Right? We're we're bombarded by pictures and videos and stories of everything that's going on. It's, I mean, it's, it's atrocity after atrocity, right? I mean, I was reading today where there was a, an art school that was bombed that was being used as a bomb shelter for women and children, right? And I mean, it's... Is that the one they put the sign that you could see from the air that it was just women and children there? Uh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see all the pictures and stuff. I seen one there was a sign that the sign said it's just women and children here, basically, right. and they bombed yep. it anyway. Yep. You know, and that you know, it's very easy to get emotional and say, you know, God just just kill him. Just strike him dead. Do something. Somebody go and shoot him. Right? And that's that's reacting off of that emotion. Right? That's thinking thinking not spiritually. Right, not thinking about every every facet, every action, every reaction that's going to happen when when something like that happens, and you know, you talk about how we respond. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus gives us three chapters in Matthew of a beautiful sermon or sets of sermons, depending on if you look at Matthew and Luke. But in that, he spends a great deal of time of. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those that persecute you. Turn the other cheek. You know, give give your second cloak to the person who asks for the first. Go the second mile. You have to be the better person. And you know, we can either react praying for someone's death, or we can react praying for the grace of God to step in. One time, I uh, was having some trouble at a church that I served at, and uh, it got to a point where I just could no longer serve there, mm-hmm. and uh, things were happening that were not right uh, with me and the pastor and, 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 and the leadership in the church and things, and I remember praying to God, and I prayed to God, I was like, look, move me or move him. And I really hope God would move him, that this was not right. And God didn't move him. God moved me, even though he was wrong. And I don't think that was validation that God says he's right whatsoever. But right. it was validation that God wanted him there in that place at that time. And it was time for me to move on. You know? Um, that was hard to deal with. Sometimes the answer we get from a prayer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see how reading Psalms like this make it seem like, okay, it's okay to pray 
badly for somebody. But I do think, like you mentioned earlier, it's very important that we, we bring into the God's righteous judgment. And it's, it's, it's really God's thing. And you're right. We are called to be different than all around. But I will tell you, it's a whole lot easier for me and you to sit here in Texas and talk about it when they're not bombing schools around us. Right. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, they're bombing in my neighborhood. It might be a whole nother perception. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that to consider too. And actually that's my whole thing with the death penalty. I'm, I'm theoretically very much against the death penalty, but I think if something were to personally affect me, I'd be like, no, kill them. You know, um, that leads to that life is complicated. Everything isn't it always is. in black and white. And one of the beauties of us serving a sovereign, living God is that he is a being, okay? This is not just some a set of rules that we've decided and we live by those rules. As a technical person, I love a good set of rules. You know, think about firewall rules, right? I love a good set of very well-written firewall rules. I really like I lost half our audience right here with this. Yep. <laughs> but it, if this, then this. If not this, then that. You know, you very explicitly defined. I don't like a little bit of uh, ambiguity at all. But the problem is, I mentioned earlier about being a fundamentalist, and I realize that you're not a fundamentalist, and I am. But one of the things I like about that is that the Bible is very complex, and there's a lot there. Yep. But it is not always black and white. Um, you cannot pick out a couple sentences here and a couple sentences there and base your whole life on that, right? Right. This is something, one of the things that me and you do share is that we enjoy learning these things and learning these new things about religious and spiritual theology things because there's a lot to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody has everything down 100%. Now, I'm not one to make things all wishy-washy. There's some structure there. But there is, there's room. But it makes me uncomfortable that we serve a living being and he does what he's going to do. Like where he called the Israelites to, to go do those things. I don't really agree with that. But I'm not God of the universe. I mean, some people may think I am. But I'm not, honestly. Um, so it's something to kind of kind of understand, you know. God wants peace. He calls us out to be different. Like you said, you know, all in Matthew and Luke and Jesus spoke very much positive. We should be different. We should be people of peace. We should not be instigating wars. We can't go out and create holy wars and all this. That's ridiculous. Yep. Okay. That's failure on our parts in the past, but God is God and God's God's righteous and he is in charge of what's happening. And he has said in his word that there are consequences for what, for what you do. And so for these things that Putin's doing, he may end up suffering consequences. Things may rail down on his head. This should be a warning to us to not act in that manner. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, you, you, you hit it on the head with it should be just as much a warning to us not to behave this way. Yeah, you know, that's. Uh, I mean, it's entirely possible that, you know, as it progresses and gets worse, that something does happen, and it's a turning point for the world, and hopefully helps many people to see this is not the way. 
And I think that, you know, that's a good point too because I think the world has been going lately to maybe this is the way. Maybe this right. is the way. And communism in the, the political system that Putin uh, works under has become more attractive to people um, recently in our culture. And I think this is going to change some of that. They're going to see some of the negatives again. It Maybe. won't do it for everybody. You'll still have some people who think that Karl Marx was right. <laughs> right. But power corrupts. And when you put what seems like putting the people in power always ends up being putting a person in power. Mm-hmm. And we do the same thing in our own republic. I mean, how much do we worship our presidents? <laughs> right. You know, everybody loves or hates the current president. And there just seems to be very little in between. And if you're in between, they don't want to hear from you anyway. Right. Um. Thankfully, in our type of government, we somewhat give them limited power, although that's been changing a lot lately. And I'm not a big fan of that. I think they should have limited power. Mm-hmm. So they have limited power to do harm, which right. also gives them limited power to do good. As we've gone through this pandemic and this thing with COVID, they've assumed more powers to try to help people, right? And some people mm-hmm. are just bewildered. How would you not want them to help people? But right. some of us have read books before. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that sounds so condescending. Um, but it's but it's true. I mean, if if you if you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat it, right? And that's something that has happened time and time again throughout history, from the very beginning of time. You give too few people too much power, and it gets lorded over them. And then the people become slaves. Well, I mentioned on Facebook when this thing first started. I forget who are we fight. Who who do we hate this this today? Is it Eurasia right. or East Asia? And most people on my Facebook didn't get the reference whatsoever. And you yeah. absolutely should. It should be required reading of every school child in America to read the book 1984 by George Orwell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like it should be required because we're going to repeat this. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, a little worked up over that, but we're going to. That's right. And. A new podcast topic. You know, um, you know, East Asia would be China. Recently, you know, relations with China have been turning sour, and there's been a lot of economic things there. And they're a communist country, and they're one of the largest countries in the world, one of the most powerful in the world, mm-hmm. uh, a superpower like us. And they weren't before. And they would be East Asia, and, and Russia is Eurasia. And yep. which one do we hate this week? Um, and that's shifted some this week, too. It was, well, China's supporting Russia. Well, no, China's not quite supporting Russia. So we kind of like them better now, but it's it's, yeah. uh, it's all back and forth. It is. It's, um, it's just a bunch of geopolitics. And I'd love to just say ignore all this, move out to the middle of nowhere, and just worry about my family. And maybe that's the eventual solution. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to move to do that. Don't just you? find you a no. Just find you a good devotional book and focus on your spiritual walk, your own spiritual walk, and don't worry about theirs. Not your family's, but right, theirs. Right, right. No, you definitely don't worry about your family. <laughs> no, but it affects you. I mean, uh, I live in a big city. You know, gas prices recently were super affected by this sort of thing. You know, you're going to be affected by those things. So, and even living in the middle of nowhere, you're not going to completely get out of it. I was explaining yeah. to my son the other day the concept of property taxes. 
that you, you know you may own land, but even when you paid it off, you don't actually own it. You're still paying rent or mortgage or whatever you want to call it. You're paying your property taxes every month. Yep. Because the government still owns it. You're still a slave. Mm-hmm. You know, the shackles are shiny now, but you're still a slave. <laughs> ah, I'm talking myself into depression on this. I mean, there's just not a positive, <laughs> positive light there. So turn us back yeah. around, Brian. Put us back into the positive aspects of this stuff. Is there anything positive in this situation? Maybe. I don't, you know, it's it's one of those things that um, I was looking for uh, the Ukrainian patriarch's comments on Russia. He said something the other day, but I, I can't find it for the life of me. Um, but, you know, he spoke on, if I remember right, you know, praying for Russia, praying for the people of Russia, right? Because they're suffering just as much as... Well, let's as, talk about that for a second. So Putin's the leader of Russia... But one common thing, I will say that we're starting to level of anti-Russian things. Stores aren't carrying Russian products and stuff like that. But I have seen as a common theme a acknowledgement that the people of Russia in general are not for this war. Right. The people of Russia feel they don't have the power to make any difference as their leader doesn't really they – can't, they can't just vote out their leader. Right. Um, there's not much they can do. And I think there has been a, a somewhat uh, sympathy for the people of Russia. They've been lied to. Uh, it's been exposed, some of the propaganda. Our government was like, hey, they're going to use propaganda to evade Ukraine. They're going to use propaganda. And then three weeks later, it happened exactly like they said. They recently, you, the, the Russian government recently uh, issued a thing that they found some Americans over there from a group in Tennessee, I think it was, or Kentucky or Virginia, somewhere, a National Guard group, and they killed them all, and here's who they were, and they got their names. And then the group come out, it's like, no, all these guys retired a long time ago, and they're perfectly fine with their families. They're not over there at all. Right. You know, um, there was recently a, a newscast person on Russian TV, which is completely controlled by the government, who got on live air and put up a sign that the war was a lie and everything, because they're, they're, they're advocating that they're... They literally are saying, Putin is saying that he is ridding Ukraine of Nazis. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had Nazis in the world since the 1940s. But he knows that that's so hated that he's ridden the Ukraine of Nazis. And he's, he's advocating as if he's uh, uh, liberating the Ukraine. Liberating Ukraine. Right. I keep wanting to say the Ukraine. It's Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Liberating Ukraine. As if that's such a thing. So they're being lied to. I've seen stories where there are family members, because this was all one country at one time, there are family members in Russia and Ukraine, and when the Ukraine people talk to their family in Russia, they hear an entirely different story about what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important. It's a good thing you brought that up, that it's not necessarily the people of Russia's fault. Right. Um, yeah, and so, you know... Talking about spending the time with our own personal spiritual walks, you know, in our daily or hourly or however often that we're spending time praying, the people of Russia need to be prayed for just as much as anything else, you know, um, because eventually, if this does not stop, and it does 
come home to Russia, it's going to be really bad for the people who had nothing to do with it. And we have a lot of people here who are advocating, well, why don't we do something? Yeah. There are there are things. Why don't we go march over there, march our troops in, send missiles? And look, we got some of the greatest troops in the history of the world. We have a strong military. We have lots of missiles and things. But it's mutually assured destruction. They mm -hmm. are a nuclear superpower, and we're a nuclear superpower, and we have just enough nuclear weapons to destroy each other from the face of the Earth. Yep. And... I know this podcast is more opinion, so that's okay to say this. You know, Putin's just crazy enough to nuke his own place to keep us from getting to it. Yeah. Yeah. To or to say, oh, they did it and start this whole, whole thing. You know, right? Because he thinks there's, he a, there's a lot, a lot that goes into it. And versus but, our former government, if our president was to do such a thing, we do have some checks and balances to overtake that. Now, the downside of that is it makes our government sometimes inefficient, often inefficient, um, right. often slow to work, very little can get done. We're ran mainly by two main parties and they can rarely agree on anything and rarely get stuff done. Very frustrating. But it also means that they're not hitting the switch and destroying things. Right. Um, you know, War is a rallying thing for a country. World War II, a lot of historians would argue that World War II bettered our country by a lot because we worked together to defeat the Nazis in World War II. And, and you know, that we, uh, you know, that we, we, we improved our economy, we got people working harder, we did all these things that, that made our country better. But at what cost, you know? There was a lot of evil that we did in the process. One of the first things we did in World War II, because we reunited, because Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, is we rounded up all the people who were Japanese or looked Japanese and put them in camps. We right. treated them better than the Nazis treated the Jews, but that's the only positive you can say about the whole thing. We, we rounded them up and put them in camps. And we're the Americans. We're the good guys. And I'm not sure where this applies, but it reminds me of a quote I heard a little while back, and it just keeps coming back in my head is that, you know, if you're the hero long enough, you become the villain. Mm -hmm. And I think that applies to David that we were discussing earlier as well. You know, he's the hero, but in some cases he was the villain. Yeah, um, he did uh, quite a bit. The truth is that the human race, evil exists in humans. Mm -hmm. um, it all went back to the Garden of Eve and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And sin is there, and sin is destructive. And our only real righteous, our only only real hope, relies in God's righteousness. Only real mm -hmm. hope is going to rely in Him. So that goes back to what you're talking about having a, a it's so important that that that, that 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 we have a personal relationship with the Lord, because that's the only real place that hope's going to come from. It's not going to yep. come from our leaders, our government or even our neighbors and any solidarity we may have in that, because even that turns into evil eventually. Mm -hmm. It's only going to come from the Lord. Man. It's a, a interesting time to be alive. Isn't it, though? It is. The last, what, uh, 15 years have just been 
crazy. What makes you go back 15 years? I mean, we had the 2008 crash. That was, what, 14 years ago? I was too busy working to, 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 work, to, to notice it. Yeah, I was living in Michigan at the time, and gas hit like 5.50 a gallon. It was... Really? Yeah, it was crazy. But yeah, I mean, ever since then, it's just been little things here and there that have just led to the 2020s, <laughs> where we go from pandemic to murder hornets to World War Three to flying spiders. Yeah, I forgot flying spiders. Yep. Yeah. Uh and I'm not even scared of flying spiders at this point. Okay, break out some freaking spiders, okay? <laughs> right, yeah. It's uh, uh, beginning to feel like it's the uh, the seven vials of, of God's wrath or something. Which wouldn't be so bad if we had some sort of guideline that says, okay, this is what's going to happen exactly, and this is, you know. Right, yeah. Um, I was listening to, uh, oh, that podcast we was discussing earlier, Eopicus, mm-hmm. and he was talking about um, early on being asked to teach about Revelation. And um, his pastor said, well, which are you, how are you going to discuss it? How are you going to bring it up? And he's like, well, you know, like uh, predispositionism, predisposition, premillennialism, and that sort of stuff. Wasn't that James's podcast? Oh, maybe that was James's podcast. I was going to say, that was James's podcast, not the Ariopolis. That was James's podcast, yes. Booze and Views, which is listed on our website, GodSpeaksToYou.com. There you go. That's our friend, friend James Grisham. He uh, likes to drink alcohol and talk about uh, religion. Yep. Um, so he's not our kind of people. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah, right, that was James talking yeah. about that. But he was yeah. talking about his pastor said, well, okay, go ahead, because he was going to talk about all the different ways people look at Revelation. I forget where I was going with that, trying to say that, but I was... Sorry, I distracted you. You were talking about if we had a, a, a guideline or... Right, right. Well, we got Revelation, but it's so uh, not clear. Right. You know, I... I'm one who does think that the Lord could come at any time, but I'm not one who's going to tell you the Lord's going to be here Tuesday. But I do think we ought to live our lives as if he might come tonight. Mm-hmm. And we should be ready for that. Yep. And that's a sobering thought. So I will tell you, this whole podcast, I'm really trying to come across some positives here, but this is really sobering <laughs> stuff. It, it is, you know, and I think that's one of the... I think one of the reasons that we kind of wanted to go back towards this uh, this direction and get away from the articles, because we were finding just articles that were very, very positive and uplifting and things that were fun to talk about. But when you get into the nitty-gritty application issues that we actually deal with on a regular basis, you kind of have to, to be willing to be taken down a notch. Are you, are you calling me out there? Nope. I'm calling myself out. <laughs> uh, as, 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 as our listeners know, I, I think a lot about myself often. Uh, and that's a real thing. Sometimes you got to be taken down a notch. And sometimes mm-hmm. everything isn't always happy, little, lucky, hunky-dory stuff. You yeah. know, it's, it's um, important to think about that. And it's important to know where our place is, that we are not God. And we're not always in control of things. 
And I think there's peace in learning that you're not in control. You know, I very much like to be in control of things. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I, when friends of mine got into drugs and stuff, and I never did, it sounds like the lamest reason not to do drugs. But one big reason is I really like to be in control. I'm not one who wants to be not in control of things. So you're not going to find me all strung out on something. Um, yep. I get that. Well, I think we have talked through this topic pretty well at this point. Do you have any final thoughts? I think I think the only only final thought that I have is pray. Spend time actually praying for your own spiritual walk, for grace in the Ukraine and in Russia. Both sides, you know, both sides need grace. Putin needs grace. Right, the grace of God needs to step in and, and and change things, whether that's through judgment, as it would be seen in our eyes, or through judgment as in God's eyes. Yeah, it it needs to be changed, right? And the best way to to do that is to pray for God's action, the grace of God to 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 make a difference. That's that's my thought. Is spend time actively, truly praying. I think that's a good uh, message to leave us on. Well, thank y'all for listening tonight.